Sonia Sotomayor. Is she going to be the newest Supreme Court justice? Is she solidly anti-gun? The answers are probably yes and yes, but that's what we're going to be talking about. We'll give you the inside scoop on that. Coming right up right here on Gun Talk. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, in support of Homeland Security's new definition of a terrorist, presents this Trap a Terrorist tip. Tip number five, terrorists sometimes use plastic explosives. These can look like a very big, smooth wad of chewed gum. If you see someone chewing gum, notify Homeland Security. All right, welcome again to Gun Talk. Tom Gresham here. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. Yes, it's open lines. Taking your calls and questions. Uh, 866-825-5486. And it doesn't matter. Look, you're not going to look stupid. I mean, that's my job. I'm supposed to look stupid. I uh, just got back from shooting some more video for the Personal Defense TV show. And then, well, starting tomorrow, we start shooting more video for our brand new show, Guns and Gear. Now, Guns and Gear is going to show up on the Fox Sports Network. And around the country, there's be like Fox Sports South, Fox Sports Southwest. you got to find your region. Uh, but it'll be on Monday, and a correction, Sunday mornings starting in July. Early Sunday morning, it's probably be TiVo time, 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but Guns and Gear is going to be pretty different. We're going to have, we're having a lot of fun shooting it, actually. And it's going to be me on part of it and my son Ryan on part of it. So we got the two generation thing going and we'll be able to maybe attract some young shooters into watching this. And also we'll have a, a lot of things there for people who may not have a lot of background in shooting and guns, but they're going to discover this and go, wow, that's cool looking. And this is all about the gear. This is about the guns and the gear and the fun stuff and going out to the range and having fun with it. So keep an eye on that and we'll be, uh, we'll let you know when the website's up. We're going to have all the video on the website. Be a lot of fun stuff there, but guns and gear. Keep your eye out for that and we'll let you know what it's going to be there. And of course, uh, all you have to do is call us right now. There are a lot of things going on. I want to just kind of talk for a second about the gun rights movement and where it is. We're making headway. Last week in Chicago, Alan Gura and Stephen Halbrook uh, argued the Chicago gun case. It is exactly the same thing as the Heller case. It's a gun ban in Chicago. It's patently illegal. Uh, the whole idea is now they're, gonna, they're going for incorporation, where now the Second Amendment would apply to the states. Right now it does not. It only applies to the federal government. Now, the Ninth Circuit, that's in California, has said, yes, the Second Amendment does apply to the states. The Second Circuit Court, which is in New York, has said, no, it doesn't. And the Seventh Circuit, which is Chicago, uh, I've listened to the audio recording of the arguments before that court, which was last week. Uh, They're going to rule no. They're going to say no to it because you can just tell by the questions that the the judges were asking. That's going to set up the perfect split. And one of these cases is going to end up going to the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court will decide if the Second Amendment applies to states. That is, can states just pass any gun, kind of gun control law? Can they ban guns altogether? Can cities just ban guns? Because that's what Chicago has done. They ban guns. Or do the people in those states and those cities have a Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms? So that's where we're headed with that one. But we're seeing all sorts of local 
regional, state laws popping up, rules popping up, bans of guns in parks, even when the city knows that it's illegal for them to do that. In some states, only the state can pass gun control laws. And yet cities will still say, oh, we're going to ban guns in our parks. Well, you can't do that. And then in places where they are legal to do that, they are doing it. So it is a constant fight. And people ask me, well, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Well, you can get involved. You can get involved. Just this past week in my home state of Louisiana, I watched once again, voted down in the legislature a move to allow adults with concealed carry permits to carry those guns on college campuses. And it was destined for failure because it was introduced and promoted so poorly. It was an abysmal effort. I mean, you can't just throw this out in the legislature and say, well, gee, this is going to be great. No. People are going to go, whoa, kids and guns, that's a bad combination. Well, it's not about kids and guns. It's about adults, adults who have been trained, photographed, fingerprinted, had a background check, people who have a great track record as concealed carry holders, adults carrying guns on college campuses where they need the protection. But, of course, then the college administrators come out and the state, I mean, the uh, college police departments come out and say, oh, no, we don't want that. Well, that's where you got to get involved. you got to get, you know, I mean, we need us in this state, for instance, we need a group that says we're going to work on this 12 months of the year. We're not going to just pop up and in two weeks while the legislature's in try to get this done. You say, well, what are you going to do, Tom? Well, you're going to form your group. You're going to go in your state. You're going to go meet with the editorial boards of all the major newspapers in that state. Going to ask for a meeting, go in and have a meeting with them, present your case. You may not convince them, and they, they certainly will not admit that you convinced them, but often you will see a slight change in their coverage because you will present them with information they did not have before. Then you go and meet with the heads of the police departments of all the campuses out there to explain what concealed carry really is. And the fact that when they go to the McDonald's or they go to the movie theater right now, they're sitting next to people who are carrying guns legally, responsibly, honestly, licensed people, trained people, photographed, background checked, fingerprinted. And this goes on every day. These people don't change their behavior when they step onto a college campus. So you set this up and you work on it. You work on it every week for a year. At the end of that period, you are set up to make some progress. Maybe not the first year, maybe not the second year. But if you don't do this, you'll never get it passed. And that's what every state needs. So to the question of what can I do, you can find the group and get involved and volunteer. And yes, I will write letters. You can, if you can't find the group, you form the group. And yes, there's the NRA. The NRA is doing what they do. They do that up in, you know, in Washington. They get involved in some state, state events or state issues, but they're not going to be there for all of those. They can't be there. People say, what's the NRA doing? I say, well, no, 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 no. Wrong question. What are you doing? You're the NRA. You're a gun owner. What are you doing? Have you had a conversation with the editor of your local paper about this? Well, what do you mean? Well, call the editor and say, I would like to come, you know, could I get 15 minutes of your time? I would like to come meet with you and talk with you about this issue. And, you know, just be polite, be presentable, have your facts, get involved. If you're not comfortable doing it that way, say, well, I'll mail things. I'll get involved with a politician. You can find a way. You know, I was thinking about this earlier, thinking, how am I... 
how do I present this? And I was thinking about people in the military, people who are career military, who pledge themselves to a higher calling. It is a, um, it's a service. It's not unlike uh, a minister or a priest. This is somebody who says, I'm going to serve this country. I'm going to work to make this country better. I will put all of my effort, all of my being, and very well may bet my life on it. And there are a lot of people who do that, who choose to serve that way. Those of us who have full-time jobs doing other things say, well, I can't do that all the time. No, but you can choose to serve. You can get involved. You can say, this is an important part of my life. This is an important part of my belief system. I think this is part of what makes America the country that I love. And I don't much like what's going on right now. I don't much like the fact that we have a government that's taking over private industry, that's firing the presidents of private industry. We have a government that is rapidly, and I'm not talking about it creeping, rapidly moving towards socialism. What can I do about that? Well, I can get involved. I can work on the Second Amendment. I can at least draw the line in the sand there. And, you know, I go back to that very good old movie, The Untouchables, with Sean Connery, where Sean Connery, at that famous scene, is yelling at Kevin Costner, what are you prepared to do? And that would be my question for you. What are you prepared to do? 866-TALK-GUNS. There is only one name in firearms that truly stands out for its proven performance, reliability, and out-of-the-box accuracy. Sig Sauer. Sig Sauer is the brand of choice for law enforcement and military professionals, enthusiasts, and responsible citizens around the world. For innovative pistols like the new modular P250 and subcompact P238, to the legendary Sig 5.56 AR rifles and all the classics, Look to one name, Sig Sauer. Learn more at SigSauer.com. That's S-I-G-S-A-U-E-R.com. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget, crossbreedholsters.com. Ten ring. Yeah! Now that's an accurate rifle. Accuracy. It's what you want in a rifle. At Savage Arms, we make accurate rifles. Team Savage competes and wins in 1,000-yard shooting competitions with our factory guns and their championship-winning factory rifles are made right alongside of yours. Whether it's for firemen or target shooting, hunting or law enforcement, Savage Arms is the definition of accuracy. To find out more, go to savagearms.com. You know, a friend of mine once told me he thought target shooting sounded kind of boring. Try knocking down targets and reloading when you're flying full tilt through a field course. Now that's a total rush. 
Not what you expected? Then give shooting a try. Find out how, where to get started, and much more at huntandshoot.org. All right, welcome back. 866-TALK-GUNS. Tom Gresham here. Let's go to the phones. Uh, line 2, Jared's out of Greenwood, Louisiana. Hello, Jared. Jared, you there? Jared got tired of waiting. I tell you what, let's go talk to John in Missoula, Montana. He's on, too. Hey, John. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. Um, I've got a couple of quick questions. Hopefully you can answer the both of them. Um, okay. When I was at the uh, gun shop the other day, I noticed they had uh, shotguns that had been essentially sawed off and cut down, and, and they were selling them, and it was totally legal, but they were selling them, for some reason, they were classified as pistols. My first question is, how do you, how do, you do that to a shotgun legally and classify as a pistol? And my second question is, I've got an AK-47, and I'm looking at getting like um, a setup that has uh, some quad rails on the front of it, and I'm wondering like how accurate that's going to be, because I've got a holographic sight, but I notice that the front stocks no matter how tight you tighten them, sometimes they kind of slip. Like, is that a bad idea to do that then? <laughs> uh, if it's, uh, yeah, if it's slipping, yeah, it's a bad idea. Let's back up to the first question. Okay, okay. somebody is taking shotguns and cutting them down and making them pistols? Yeah. And they're, they're selling them out of Axemen in Missoula. And I went and asked them. I was like, yeah, that's, no, it's totally legal because it's, it's now considered a pistol. And I asked them, I was like, how is it considered a pistol? And they didn't have the answer. They just said that they knew it was, and they were selling them. But well, I was like, really? If I were going to buy one of those, I would want them to give me a letter from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh-huh. that, that specifically says that what they're doing is legal, uh-huh. and I would want to have that. I mean, now, there may be a provision that allows that. I'm not familiar with it uh-huh. because uh, that's, you know, when you start cutting the barrel off of a rifle, uh, now if you make it a pistol, if it, was, if, I, it, if it was originally manufactured as a rifle uh, or a shotgun in this case, originally manufactured as a shotgun and not a pistol, uh-huh. I think I think you got a basic problem with cutting it down. Now, somebody may call in here and correct me, but holy cow, I'd, I would want a letter from ATF before I would buy one of those. Huh, okay. Okay, now on the quad rail kit, um, I don't know. Are you familiar with the company Tapco? They make uh, um, all no. that kind of stuff. T-A-P-C-O, on the Internet, okay. T-A-P-C-O, tapco.com, and they've got uh-huh. stocks and rails and pistol grips and just all kind of crazy stuff. Uh, so check that out, and they're not relative, you're not really expensive. And you may mm-hmm. want to try one of that. Just, yeah, look, all you can do is try it and see what happens. Sure. Yeah, right? I was looking on, on, on cheaperthandirt.com, and it's like 90 bucks. so maybe I'll just go for it. Yeah, give it a shot, so to speak. See, see how it works out, okay? All right, Tom. Thanks much. All right. Appreciate that. Let's go to line one. James is with us. Hello, James. You still Hello. there? Yes, Tom. I'm still here. Good deal. Okay. Nice to talk to you, Tom. I, you... I got a question. And uh, about mm, 15, 20 years ago, I was looking through a, uh, a gun digest type book or gun digest, and it had an article in it, Firearms of the German Navy in World War One. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, that's esoteric. Yeah. And, uh, I was wondering if anybody, uh, you know, Gun Talk could help me you know, at least find the book or knows, knows the title of the book or where I could, you know, get a copy of it. Okay. What was the book again? It's I'm not sure of it, but it's a, a Gun Digest type book or it might be Gun Digest. I'm not sure. It's been a long time. Right. And it was the book of what? Uh, 
The German Navy? Yeah, a number of gun articles in there. One of them is like uh, firearms of the German Navy in World War One. Well, now, could it have been just one of the years of Gun Digest that had some yeah. articles like that? Because, you know, yeah. the Gun Digest used to have all kinds of yeah. truly esoteric articles like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if that's what it was, then I'm not sure. We just have to, You'd have to do a, like a Google search for Gun Digest and that kind of article and see what pops up. But I'll tell you what we'll do. If somebody happens to have a collection of Gun Digest, and if they happen to remember that article, maybe they can call in, and if you'll keep listening, we maybe we can find you which year that was. Okay, Tom, uh, thank you. All right, I appreciate that. I hope that works out. We'll see. Uh, if we can help James out, uh, you know, let us know. We'll call in here, and we'll see if we can fix him up. Let's see, line three, Brad's with us. Hey, Brad. Hello. Yes, nice sir. to talk to you. Uh-huh. I've got a 1903 Springfield .30-06 with an original star gauge barrel. It was put into a Winchester stock. It's got a two-and-a-half to seven gold Leopold scope on top of it. The gun's exceptionally accurate. Mm-hmm. I've had some people say, ah, it's just an old gun, nothing special. And other people say, oh, my God, that thing's very valuable. You need to keep it. Uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, who's right and who's wrong. I, I, was, I was thinking about trading it for an H&K 91, but I don't know what it's worth. I don't either. Oh. That's the last thing in the world I ever do is try to figure out what a gun's worth. Uh, do you have a copy of the Blue Book of Gun Vase? No, I don't. Uh, if you go to any gun store, they're going to have a copy of that, and you may may be able to find something about that there. Uh, yeah. But that's that's the one thing I absolutely don't do is try to figure out what guns are worth. That's uh, that's for an expert, and I am not that person. Okay. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. You take care. Let's see. Um, Ron's online too. Sun Valley, Nevada. Hello, Ron. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. Hey, I was calling about the caller that just talked about the shotgun pistols. Okay. Um, I had called you once before. I'm in the process right now of making a copy of an Ita Auto Burger with a 10.5-inch barrel. Okay. On a 20-gauge side-by-side. Right. And uh, what they have to do is if it's – since no manufacturer actually makes this, it would be a $200 transfer tax on a Form 1 which means you go through the same procedure as you would if you were buying a, uh, any Class 3 weapon. You gotta... So it's the same procedure as if it's a machine gun or something like that. It's the $200 transfer tax. you got to get the okay of a local law enforcement officer. you got to go through the ATF. Right, yeah. you got to have two fingerprint cards, all your paperwork filled out, your background check through the local police department, and then you send it off to ATF with the with a good old $200 check. Yeah, now, now you've got a $100 gun that you had to pay $200 tax on. <laughs> yeah, know. basically, I, I, bought a, I bought a 20 gauge, cost $400, $200 right. transfer. Right. Uh, it's 100 and some odd dollars probably at the police department. And then to get the woodwork done that I want, um, basically, you end up with a $1,000 gun. You got a $1,000 gun. That's worth about three hundred bucks because all you've got is a cut-up shotgun pistol, at least in my book. I mean, do yeah, you... it's it's not it's not worth like the original uh, Ithaca, you know, factory well, made. I guess what I'm saying it. is, why do it? Fun. Okay, fair it's enough. If you say right, if it's worth it to you and it's fun, I get that. But I'm looking at that going, man, I'm not sure what that's all about but you know what that's the bottom line isn't it if you if you're having fun doing it then it's working for you 
that's about it. It's it's not worth anything <laughs> as far as an investment. Right. Um, it's you know unless you bought the original. Right. Um, Twenty gauge shells are cheap. It, you can take it out and have fun with it. Unfortunately, like as far as uh, I know, any type of class three, uh, form one weapons of any sort, they have to be locked up at all times. Can't mm-hmm. use them for home defense. So basically, if you want it just for strictly just to go out and shoot cans on the weekend and uh, have a little fun with it, that's all it's good for. Hmm. Okay, well, I appreciate it. At least that uh, fills me in on the legality. That's what I was thinking. That if you cut a shotgun back, uh, now it becomes class three, and you better have all the paperwork on it, or it becomes a federal felony to not have all your paperwork on that deal. Uh, let's see. Earl's with us out of Bossier, line four. Hey, Earl. Hey, Tom. Uh, I don't know if anyone called in about the uh, the Rock Island double stack mags. No, uh, that that crosses out with para ordnance. Para ordnance makes that mag that fits in there because they fashioned it after the para ordnance. And there's a company in Canada that makes them things. I just looked up at uh, Ron's guns and found me a whole sack full of them. Really? For my uh, for my Rock Island double stack, which is all right, fairly nice pistol. And the Galil or the Glail, the Israeli made uh, uh, military weapon. Mm-hmm. You can't, people can get out and scout around because I did find three that was old, you know, that was uh, messed up. I sent them to a gunsmith. He got them working. Uh, I've wound up with eight, so you, you can get them. But the uh, crate full of them from Israel mm-hmm. is sitting on a box and uh, on a dock in San Francisco, and they won't let them move. And they can't get them into the country. No, sir. Yeah, there's some issues going on. I'm going to have some uh, updates. I appreciate the call. Next week, we're going to be talking about something that customs department's doing. They're trying to put a clamp on bringing in knives, and it's very possible that their new proposal will reclassify the very pocket knife you have in your pocket right now as a switchblade, an illegal switchblade. This is the real deal. This is the true assault on your rights, and it's the customs department. This is not a proposal. This is the real thing. We're going to be having all that information next week. Be sure to tune in on that. That. This one's bad. This one is really bad. Uh, the folks at Knife Rights have alerted me to that. We'll have all that. 866-TALK-GUNS. Be right back with more gun talk. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk in support of Homeland Security's new definition of a terrorist, presents this Trap a Terrorist tip. Tip number six, terrorists are often religious fanatics who actually believe there is a higher power than the federal government. They often gather for secret meetings in special buildings, often on Sunday, but sometimes on Saturday or even other days. They often wear their best clothes and sometimes carry covered dishes containing casseroles or meatloaf. If you observe any of these behaviors, notify Homeland Security. Welcome back to Gun Talk, 866-TALK-GUNS. Randall's with us out of Henderson, Texas. He's on line one. Hello, Randall. Welcome to Gun Talk. Thank you, Tom. Yes, sir. I just, I just purchased a, a 1187 special purpose shotgun with a 21-inch barrel with rifle sights on it. Okay, so you basically you got the Remington 1187, it's a semi-automatic, 12-gauge, I assume. Yes. Uh, with a special purpose. Basically got the short barrel with the sights on it. Okay. Right, but it had a rim choke in it, and I modified it. Okay. So 
I mean, I, I, I'm a truck driver, and I bought it just while I went on the road, so I didn't get a chance to take it off to see if the barrel was rifled or not. Uh-huh. But if it is, and they have shot, you know, bird shot through this modified choke, is it going to mess up the rifle? You don't know if their barrel is rifled or not? No, I, I'm a truck driver. I bought it right before I left to go on the road. Have you, have you got it? Can you look in the barrel? I don't have it with me, no. Well... You know, look in the barrel. I mean, unload it, shine a light in the a breech end, you know, and just see. But it, look, it'll be safe to shoot with birdshot. Uh, rifling will catch the shot cup and spin it, and it will be like having a spreader load. Okay. And it'll spread it out a good bit more. But uh, it should be safe to shoot it that way. That's not going to be a problem. My guess oh, I is. It, I just wanted it right to, you know. Apparently the guy's already shot bird shot through it. Oh, okay. And I just want to know if it, you know, if it hurt the rifle or not. No, 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 no. I mean, because all you're doing is the only contact with the barrel is going to be with the plastic shot cup, and the worst that could happen would be you end up with plastic fouling. So the plastic on the shot cup, you know, that's the wad basically, rubs off on the inside of the barrel. You end up some plastic, but you can buy a solvent, shotgun solvent that's made for melting the plastic or dissolving the plastic off you can with a brush and that solvent you can clean that right out if you have the problem but again uh use the old flashlight in there and look down the board and you can see what you got there oh i will i, like I said I, I i mean i bought it right before i left okay i walked out to you know and right i know i paid only paid 200 for it and i know it's, it's legal so i bought it i mean you, I wasn't you, stolen, but you're I, in you're in the truck now yes you're an over-the-road trucker i gather Okay, and you got your gun with you? Uh, not that one, no. You got another gun with you? Uh, it's possible. Good man. I would hope it's possible, and and I would I would hope you got one and you're safe out there. Uh, and it's possible. You, at least you, at least you hadn't bought into that rumor that's always out there about guns being illegal in commercial trucks. We know it's not. No, I got another question for you about a shotgun. You bet. Uh, I'm fixing to purchase my first side by side, and. Uh, it's modified on one uh, barrel and improved on the other. Okay. So I'm assuming I shoot the improved at closer shots and the modified at the further away shots. Yeah, the theory is if you're hunting over like flushing game, like quail or or pheasants, you know, the right. first shot's going to be closer and the second shot's going to be further away. Now, here's a question. Does it have single trigger or double trigger? Double trigger. Well, now you could take now now you get to choose. If uh, you get a single shot at something that's further away, you can Shoot that one. I love double guns, but here's what I have figured out. The chokes don't make much difference. Honest to Pete, you can take a bird at 35 or 40 yards with an improved cylinder, and I can't hit anything past 40 yards anyway, so it doesn't much matter. So uh, some of my guns have got different chokes in them. I just don't want anything that's full. I'll use improved cylinder, modified skeet, anything that's open. I just don't like full chokes because I can't hit anything that way. But... You can always go out and pattern it and see what it work, you know, does for you. By the way, what brand are you getting? What kind of shotgun are you getting? I'm buying a, a 20-gauge Browning Sporter. Oh, nice. My uh, father-in-law had one, and uh, I picked it up, and he you know, he offered to let me take it bird hunting. And mm-hmm. two, so, such a beautiful gun, I afraid I'd put a scratch on it. <laughs> but it's balanced so well, Tom. I mean, it's... My wife doesn't believe me, but it's like I told her, you pick it up and hold it, it, it jumps up to your shoulder all by itself. I mean, and 
Well, look, you don't have to convince me. I know that people have gotten tired to hear me say that, that there are some shotguns, when you pick them up, it's like it flies to your shoulder and it feels different. I mean, and people say, oh, yeah, it's nice. I say, no, 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 you're not hearing me. It is like the difference in night and day. It's like it's not even like a shotgun. They feel so good. And I think that's what you've experienced with that one. Oh, yeah, and I found another one, and it's, and it's the same way. And, and uh, you know, I've sent the guy the money. I just got to go by and pick it up. Well, you're going to have a ball with that thing, man. I, I appreciate you sharing all that with us. All right, let me take a quick break here. It's 866-TALK-GUNS. We love talking about guns. At least I do. 866-TALK-GUNS. Guns Magazine has gone digital. Go to GunsMagazine.com and check out this exciting interactive magazine. You can click on the web links to go to manufacturers' websites, watch video, and even turn the pages like a real magazine. And it's free. Share your email address with us, and we'll notify you every time a new edition is available. If you subscribe to the print edition of Guns Magazine, you get a free NRA membership. Go to GunsMagazine.com. That's GunsMagazine.com. Your AR-15 should be a sound investment, and Stag Arms has you covered. Made from forged aircraft-quality aluminum, Stag is one of the most durable and dependable rifles in the world. Makers of the only true left-handed carbine, Stag Arms has been tested and battle-proven by elite SWAT teams. Every component is made in the USA, so you get the highest quality, whether left or right-handed. Each Stag Arms rifle carries a lifetime warranty, too. Call 860-229-9994 or go online at stagarms.com. Since 1852, Smith & Wesson firearms have been known for their quality. Now you'll find that same Smith & Wesson quality in their new shotguns. The 1000 series semi-auto shotguns are light and reliable, just what you're looking for. Check out the Smith & Wesson Elite Series with the Elite Gold, a 20-gauge side-by-side, and the Elite Silver, a 12-gauge over and under. These fine doubles come with a lifetime heirloom warranty at a price you can afford. For more information, visit smith-wesson.com. If you want to shoot better or help someone get into shooting, check out guntalktv.com. This is Tom Gresham. For firearms basics as well as advanced instruction, you don't have to leave home. It's called Gun Talk TV, and it's firearms video instruction online at guntalktv.com. That's guntalktv.com. You'll find all kinds of instruction, plus lots of gun safety video at guntalktv.com. Why should you buy the Ruger SR9 pistol? Because it's one of the slimmest 9mm handguns available and still holds 18 rounds. That's a lot of power in a concealable package. It has the features you want, like adjustable sights, Picatinny rail, slim grip, ambi-safety and mag release, and adjustable grip size to fit most any size hands. And most of all, because it's backed by Ruger's legendary reliability. To learn more about the Ruger SR9, go to Ruger.com slash SR9. That's Ruger.com slash SR9. You know, uh, I mentioned I was with Masada Ube last week, and we were shooting the personal defense TV show. And it's a reminder to me to tell you, if you are considering getting a concealed carry permit, or if you have one, if you're carrying a gun concealed, I can sure recommend his book. It's called The Gun Digest Book of Concealed Carry. And you can get it on Amazon or wherever. Just put in The Gun Digest Book of Concealed Carry. It's by Masada Yub. 
guy really knows what he's talking about, I guarantee you that. Uh, and it's a very well-written book also. Let's see, line three, Mel's with us out of Salt Lake City. Hello, Mel. How you Hello, doing? Hello, good show. Enjoy it thoroughly. Thank you. The guy called in and said the Army's destroying brass at some of the military bases. Did we? Can I get a list of the bases that he said? I'd like to report that to the Montana senators who objected to this. I believe he said Fort Campbell, and he said possibly Fort Knox, but Fort Campbell was the one that he mentioned specifically. Okay. But yeah, that'd be great if you can get that to the Montana senators who jumped on that in the first place. Let, you know, we got to get this stopped. I understand. I agree with you completely. Anyway, I will try. I will. I will send him an email on that. Okay. Good deal. And if you would shoot me a note, Tom at GunTalk.com. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Tom at GunTalk.com. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, Mel. Uh, Michael's in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, on form. Michael, how you doing? Michael, run over and pick up the phone. Turn off the radio. Maybe. No. Not going to happen. Okay. Uh, Bob's going to join us. He's from Tulsa. He's on line two. Hello, Bob. How you doing? Hey, Tom, how's it going this evening? Good. I uh, had to push my luck every time I ask you if uh, Ruger's going to be coming to product. You give me good news, so I figured, hey, why not give it a shot? <laughs> um, I've been dealing with these 1022 Butler Creek mags and every other kind of aftermarket mags mm-hmm. with these little leaf spring things inside of them for years. They and they're work, not, but they're, they're kind of, yeah, yeah, I know. They're not really re- reliable. Where not they're not, they're not Ruger the, quality. Yeah, exactly. They're not like the factory mags. Sure. And with Ruger coming out with all these modern rifles and not messing, not worrying about the folding stock on the mini anymore, I'm right. hoping they've changed their view enough to come around to maybe a 20 or a 30 or heck a 40 or 50 round factory magazine for that 1022, so we can go out there, load it up, and have fun all day with it. I think it's a great idea. What I, I, love I haven't, it. I haven't heard anything. <clears throat> I got an idea. They definitely sell try this. Them. Try this. Yes, sir. How about you know we like to go out and buy a brick of ammo yes, for twenty twos, right? Five hundred uh, rounds. Uh huh. You see, I, I bought a case of bricks, but yeah, I see what you're good, saying. Good man. <laughs> what if you could buy a brick of ammo that has a feeder that you could just stick the brick underneath your ten twenty two, and it's already spring loaded, ready to go. A preloaded I'm not sure if the magazine. Technology's there. But that would be awesome. I don't think it is, but as long as I'm daydreaming, why not? Exactly. I mean, uh, come on. I, <laughs> I I know the technology's there for Ruger to build a higher capacity. Oh, sure. Good, sure. functional factory magazine. I just don't know if they're leaning that way. Well, but, but you know what? You're right. The, the, the culture, if you will, has changed at Ruger from uh-huh. back when Bill Ruger said that, you know, he supported the 10-round uh, magazine limit. And now, you know, they're making 30-round mags for the uh, minis, and they've got the folding stock, and they've got the LCP, and they, it's a different company now. And Ruger 556 is just amazing, and I'm ready for that thing. You're ready to rock and roll, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> a lot I'm of people are looking for that one. Yeah, I was just hoping since they're getting into all that stuff, mm-hmm. what, why would they be afraid to come out with a 30-round or you know, something for them? You know, I'll tell you what's going on. This is an interesting segue here because... There are a lot of cool products that the gun companies have brought out. Well, they've not brought out. They have developed, but they're Uh sitting on right now. Uh All the gun companies are sitting on new stuff because they don't don't have to bring it out. They're making all they can make right now. They're selling everything they can make. And so everyone I want to talk to say, oh, yeah, we got some cool stuff. And I said, when are we going to see it? They said, well, when sales start dropping off, because right now, (laughs) even if we announced it, we couldn't make it. 
because we're just maxed out and you know and all that's going to do is irritate your customers if you announce something and now you can't deliver it makes sense it's kind of a, a it's a good situation to be in but at the other end of that, you know, you see the wolves howling at the back doors on this gun ban and stuff, and you're thinking to these people, "Hurry up, folks!" Yeah, they are. And they are. They are coming hard. The gun banners yeah. are coming, and this uh, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, who uh-huh. is she's she's going to slide right through. And look, she's a gun banner. Sure. I mean, there's no sure. look. He's kind of go, okay. That's a given. I do think I'm going to agree with uh, Alan Gottlieb on this one. I do think that that's going to be Obama's plan for gun control is to stack the Supreme Court because Absolutely. the whole idea of statist, and of course, statist is someone who believes that the the government is the entity and we the people are the life forms that feed the important entity. Right. Uh, for a statist, the whole idea is we get what we need done through the courts, and that way we don't have to deal with those pesky things like elections. It's not possible for them politically to legislate it at this point, but if they stack that court full of lifelong judges who you have no answer, they don't, they don't answer to the people, they do what they want, and they can keep their job for life. If he oh, can stack and, the court full of them, it's over. And allow me a personal vent for all of those gun owners who say, well, you know, I'm still going to vote for Obama because I like him for other things. Idiots. You were an idiot. And I'm here sorry. it comes. It's going to co- it's going to come home to roost. And here it is. You were an idiot, and you have sold us down the river. Uh, if that's your point of view. If you're a political, you know, left lean or whatever, God bless you. Great for you. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you can't see that this man wants to disarm you in order to put himself and his government in a greater control of power over your life. You're an idiot. Just took, o- just, just took over the biggest companies we have in the country. Hey, listen, yes, I appreciate that. Let me quickly run to uh, line four. Keith's with us out of Houston. Hello, Keith. Hey, how you doing? Enjoying Good. the show. Thank you. Hey, uh, I bought a uh, 338 Lapura, and I'm having a hard time getting ammo for it. And if you can find it, it's hugely expensive. It's hugely expensive, but I can't find any reloading components. I can't find primers and... And some other things, even the cases are tough to come by, but I can't. What, what should you do? I mean, I'm just not finding midways out. All you can you know? do is put orders in at several places and wait, uh, because primers in short supply, brass in short supply, powder's hard to get. Uh, bullets you can usually get, um, but not necessarily, not necessarily the ones you want. But everything's in short supply for only one reason. People are buying everything. So, you need to get to with a few gun stores, tell them what you need, have them put a really lock-solid real order in, and when it comes in, it's got your name on it. It doesn't go – don't depend on finding it on the shelves. It is not going to be on the shelf. There you go. you got to give them some money up front, you know, get a deposit or prepay or whatever you got to do so that when it comes in, it gets your name on it, you get a phone call, and it never goes out on the shelf, because if it goes out on the shelf, you'll never get it, unless you're there with the truck backs up, and if you're not a buddy of the owner, you may not even get it then. All right, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. We're having fun. That's because we're talking about guns. Gun Talk 
in support of Homeland Security's new definition of a terrorist, presents this Trap a Terrorist tip. Tip number seven. Homeland Security has determined that people who own guns are afraid the government wants to disarm them. They quote an old, irrelevant, and subversive document they call the Constitution. This document was just some notes made by a few of the more radical and irrational founding fathers. They were never meant to become public or to be taken seriously. If you know of anyone who owns that document, or who makes reference to it, or who uses words such as freedom or liberty, notify Homeland Security immediately. Do not attempt to apprehend them. Do not go near them. Do not listen to them. If they talk to you, cover your ears and sing nursery rhymes as loud as you can. We do not want you to become infected with their dangerous ideas. Welcome again. Tom Gresham, 866-TALK-GUNS. Let's see, line three, Joe's with us. Daytona Beach. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joe at Daytona Beach, you there? He's trying to come in. It's like we're trying to get him out of the the lunar rover. You know, he's coming from the oil well. Let's try Richard on, too, Uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Hey, Richard. Hi, Tom. I want to thank you for doing what you're doing, my friend. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, the gentleman that called in about the problem with Butler Creek magazines for the 1022, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have several of them, and what I, what's happening is the magazine is not lining up correctly with the, uh, the ramp mm-hmm. and the, the throat of the, the chamber. So what I've done was I, you can use any kind of uh, – I use clear epoxy, and at the bottom of the part that looks like the, just a regular Ruger magazine – Right. Uh, that, that, that just barely fits up inside the, at the bottom of that, where it fits up inside the magazine. Well, just put a bead of uh, epoxy glue across that bottom, and what it does when you insert the magazine, it actually causes the bottom of the magazine to tilt forward toward the muzzle of the gun. So and, you're, and putting, you're kind of putting it at the back side of the magazine so that the magazine actually is tilting forward slightly? Yeah, the bottom of the magazine would be tilted, tilted forward. Actually, the whole magazine would be tilted gotcha. forward, and that lines it up and holds it in place. Huh. And uh, it, it, it works great for me, and, and after I did that, uh, I've never had a problem. Interesting. Okay, well, you know, worth a shot. If you've got some of those Butler Creek magazines that are not feeding for you, then you could give that a shot, put your little bead on the back side of it, so that the goal is to, and that's got to be a pretty thin bead, I would guess, isn't it? Uh, okay. And if you get too much on there, you can just wait till it hardens and file a little bit you off. You just file it off, sure. So that's you true. You yeah. just file it off, make it fit, and then you know, trial and error. Okay. Well, listen, that's a good heads up, a good uh, DIY project for you. Well, I, did. I hope that helps him out. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Joe in Daytona Beach was calling, letting us know that he said that Ruger is making 25-round magazines for the 1022, and I'm looking on their website. I am not seeing them. So. They may be out there. They may not have updated their website, but I don't have that information. So it wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time. And also we had a call for uh, Keith who was trying to find loading components suggesting that at least in the Dallas area, Military Outlet is the place he's recommending that does have uh, loading components. It's tough to find loading components now. And if you, by the way, if you're not a loader, you still need to pick up your brass, not only just to clean up the area. But, you know, present it as a gift to someone who wants to reload, or you can trade it because brass has value, and you can sell it or trade it to somebody. So be sure to be scrounging up your own brass. I am not a fan of picking up loose brass on the range to reload because you don't know how many times it's been loaded or what the story is 
behind loose brass that you find just laying around. All right, homework assignment. Go do some shooting this week. Invite a friend to go with you. Call a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. Say, hey, I'm going to go out to the range. I'm going to go shooting. Or maybe somebody at work, invite them. You know, people say, what can I do for gun rights? That's what you can do. Introduce somebody to shooting. I know you've heard me say it before, but it really works, and you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. In the meantime, buy like six or seven guns. Always a good idea. (laughs) We'll see you next week.